drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? Friday, our second show of the new decade in 2020 here. You're probably listening to us here on a Friday over the weekend. And, uh, man, it's uh, it was a long season. We're, we're putting that 2019 behind us a bit. So we'll obviously talk about it. But uh, Grifka, we're here in 2020, man. It's a Friday. Do what you do. Oh, man. You know, first of all, I mean, just want to say, you know, once again, Happy New Year to everybody. And, uh, gosh, it feels like March out there. Gosh, it's like another, you know, supposed to be like low 40s today, you know, and then it's going to be like, you know, high 30s, low 40s this weekend. You know, it could be a little cloudy, a little bit of rain, but gosh, it feels like March. I mean, I would take, I would take this weather all the way into March, though, but I know at some point we will get hit with another snowstorm. We'll be, uh, you know, under like six, eight, ten inches of snow, and we'll be hating Michigan winters. But other than that, thank God it's Friday. Which is? TGIF. <laughs> oh, man. Could you believe it, Grifka? Uh, Christmas day and it was like 45 degrees out. I was out with like no jacket. I actually threw the football a little bit on uh, Christmas day, played, played some washers with my family. Grifka, you, you know about the game washers, right? That game where I actually took you to town and where you could not compete with a, with a lady like my grandma. I mean, we had some good times out there. You, and you guys playing washers? I'm, I'm glad i'm thinking about maybe getting my own box and starting my own league with a bunch of uh, novices and then uh <laughs> you know we'll go from there i keep telling sometimes i'll tell like if it's a new family member i'll tell them about like how i went out and beat your tail and then you were like oh yeah that's just because this is your family is the only one that plays this game yet there's hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people that play washers just like it's just your convenient excuse of why you can't compete with me. And another thing, I mean, I mean, we, we should just start making a list of things you can't compete with me at. Really? Anything? Yeah. Well, it'd be a really short list, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll, oh, I'll, man, I'll, that, go, I'll, that, go get, I'll go get one of those mini sticky notes and we'll start with that. <laughs> oh, man, that uh, it was it was fun. But, man, I cannot believe the weather. I, I want somebody to hit me up on Twitter one day and tell me if they get like great knowledge out of the Grifka Friday weather report. If they like plan their weekends, if they wait till Friday until you give them the whole rundown and then they know what they can do over the weekends. Like, wait, I got, I got to see what Grifka's saying on Friday. Like, okay, I can go out skiing or, Hey, I better break out the ice skates or, Hey, it's going to be warm and balmy. I'll take the light coat. I mean, you're really doing a good service there, buddy. Yeah. I, I, that's what I do here for the public. And, um, if I can, uh, if I can find one, maybe I will find a very nice, you know, uh, 
weather weather person or traffic traffic person to uh, give you guys the traffic and uh, i'm sure that person would be like you know you got to watch out for i-75 you know if you're listening to us in nebraska you know you know, watch out for this you know highway if uh, you know you're out in california listen to us uh, you know the pacific coast highway's backed up today we can Chris, Chris, if there's a if, if there's a traffic person out there or somebody that loves your weather reports where, where can they contact you at of course, man. They, I'm sure I, I'll put the number on the site, but you know they can call me at 989-272-3484 or hit me up on Twitter at, at GrifkaDKC. There it is. A couple cheap plugs off the top. Grifka, it's Friday. This is usually when I ask you uh, something like this. What the hell are you doing? Or what, what do you got today, buddy? What are we talking about? Um. I know at some point we'll break down every other game, but I was kind of thinking about it after our our show earlier this week. This year, you know, with the expectations, I know we always drink the blue Kool-Aid and we're always like giving these guys just these, you know, the Lions a record, you know, like 12 and 4, 11 and 5. But with, where we thought this team would be with the free agents they signed, you know, last year with the draft ahead. Was this like one of the more disappointing seasons for you as a Lions fan, or was this kind of like I don't want to say what you expected, but you know, were you you know really disappointed, you know, based on where you thought the team would actually be? Grifka, this is a good question by you. Normally, I ask you, uh, is this a real question? But what's even better is that I get to use one of your own drops against you to help answer your question, because this is kind of how I felt all year long. It drives me. It drives me. It drives me freaking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much how I felt every Sunday after, I don't know, about week three. Um, this this was here, – here's the thing. This was a really tough year, but the reason I, I wasn't all up in arms is because I do pride myself sort of on like – no matter what it is, whether it's, it's, I don't know, washers, uh, maybe Madden against you. Um, I don't know, tiddly winks. I mean, draft, uh, you know, prowess. Like I, I don't want to lose. I mean, I want to be the best. So like, obviously I want to win every game or want to see my teams win every game, but I know that's not possible. Like I put that out on Twitter just a few days ago where I said, do, do people realize that only like 30 to 35% of the league makes the playoffs? I mean, the Lions fans act like, oh, we just roll out of bed. We either make the playoffs or fire everybody. Yeah, that's really not how it works. So as high as my expectations were, I kind of know and, and say on the show, anything can happen in the NFL any given Sunday. So once the injuries start piling up, we lost our quarterback. You know, we had lots of what I view as integral pieces. I mean, a lot of people, I love how they downplay all these people, you know, by week six, seven, eight, whereas week one or two was like, this guy's going to be our lead running back mid season after an injury. Oh, he's no good. Get rid of him. Like, like, so I, I tried to see around all that and say like, I hated the year with the losses, but I can still see like all the pieces are there and also saying that like the NFL is super competitive. So like, I don't look at the lions roster and say like, we have a cakewalk to the division next year or that we're going to roll five years straight in the playoffs. But I think we have a pretty good young roster on offense. I see some key pieces defensively and all it takes is a one or two, you know, good, good, you know, off seasons where it comes draft free agency to, really get you back on track. So as frustrating as it's been, and really it's just absolutely done this. It drives me freaking bonkers. I, I've also sat there and been like, it's just one of those 
horrible years and like everybody's getting lost in well Matt Pat's won nine games. Like it, if he has no injuries or limited injuries next year and totally stumbles, I will be going berserk. But I really am not only expecting a bounce back, like I just kind of chalk this up as a year that you know, QB's hurt and just there wasn't much to expect after week seven in Oakland, in my opinion. So it's tough, but I also kind of see the other side of it, I think. And again, optimistic, no doubt. You know, there's lots of haters out there that are, think I'm crazy. But you look around at that roster, I, I don't think it's devoid of talent. I just think they need some blue chip and some top guys to get them over the hump and get healthy and, and do what everybody does in the NFL. Let's roll the balls out and see what happens in 2020, and I'm ready to do that. Yeah, um, I, I see your point, and uh, it's one of those things where I thought the defense would be better with who we signed. I know was it you know at the when we were predicting the games early, you know before the season, you know I was at twelve and four, and uh, you know it's like like <laughs> I say, if you lose one of those games you're not expected to lose, you have to go win a game you're not expected to win. And um, Griffco, what, what were you thinking at twelve and four? I mean, what are you crazy? What the hell are you doing? Oh, oh wait, really? that's what I had too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be, but uh, I was more disappointed. I th- I thought the defense would be better, you know, based on, you know, once again Matt Patricia, he's been, you know, defensive guru coming from you know New England, and and we've talked about this before. So yeah, it really was, you know, hard to see, you know, the way the defense played. And like you said, after that Stafford went out, blockers. After Stafford went out and seeing what we had with Driscoll and Blau, you know, and you know, two young guys and didn't take a whole lot of snaps in the NFL. You know, like you said, at that point, you're just kind of hoping for the best at that point. So I, I was really disappointed based on where I thought the team would be. I thought they would improve, you know, obviously you know, drinking the Kool-Aid at 12 and four, but, you know, even realistic nine wins, I would have been, would have been a lot more palatable than what happened. And just the way the defense seemed to fall apart. And I, like you said, there was injuries here and there, but still, I mean, a defensive defensive genius coach uh you know some of those games where they had um kind of like you know most of the guys out there uh, still wasn't they they didn't play that great Chris, so let, me, let me ask you a question and you can tell me if this is a ridiculous question or not so so put your analytical brain on not this like warm and fuzzy oh i just love my team to always do well or i want them to win regardless like do you realistically see a big difference in, in, in being the Dallas Cowboys or the Detroit Lions this year? Because you can talk about momentum. You can talk about, well, they played hard. You can talk about, well, we almost made the playoffs. When you really break it down, if you were three wins or eight, nine wins and you missed the playoffs, I don't see a big difference especially when it's not like our key pieces are going away next year. It's not like, Oh, Matt Stafford's in a contract year. Oh, carry on Johnson's rookie deal is up. Oh man. Like we got nobody on defense. Like that's not the case. So like, to me, you either make it or you miss it really. I mean, it's like basketball. There's, there's no in between as you like to say. So I, I, that's another reason I'm not too worried. It's like, I would have been more heartbroken. I think if we got right to the final game against green Bay and they kicked a damn field goal against us to, knock us out of the playoffs that would have hurt more and felt worse than having just one of those years where you just say hey remember freaking 2019 that was everything went wrong that year but then wow look at look at the bounce back yeah yeah to say something you know the cowboys or the lions i mean the cowboys definitely underachieved and um maybe that's why one of the reasons why uh their coaches uh you know 
looking for something else now. But uh, that's one of those things where it just, you're right. You either win by an inch or you, you win by a mile. It doesn't matter. You know, a win's a win, a loss is a loss. And yeah, the Lions did get hit by a lot of injuries where, like you said, mentioned the Cowboys. That's one reason I'm using them. They didn't have a whole lot of guys missing a whole lot of time. And I know Cowboys fans be like, we had this guy gone and this guy's gone. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, pump the brakes there. I mean, you know, for as much as, uh, you know, you guys under, they underachieved. And um, Griffin, and that, this is where you talk junk about Chuck, but you pretend you're not because we know he's probably listening and it's where we can rag on his team. That's why well, I brought him best, up. The best part about it is that Chuck realizes that Dak Prescott, he, he's not that great. And I've always thought that, that he's not that great. And, um, and he's, he's wise to that where he always says there's a lot of other Cowboys fans, you know, that are like, uh, what are you talking about? He's great. Oh, and he's, uh, they'll just like fight him on it. And like, and he'll just be like, yeah, okay. You, you think what you think. And I'll think what I think. <laughs> it's like us. There's plenty of like me and you, I mean, I'm not saying we dis- we defend Stafford to the hilt. He still does a few things here that makes us, you know, scratch our head. You know, like who are you throwing the ball to on that? But you know, there's guys, there's plenty of guys out there. Walkers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's plenty of guys out there that are like, just as soon as he throws like an incomplete pass, oh God, where's the backup? You know, let's put Driscoll in. He had a decent throw there. He's he should be our starter. And oh gosh, look at Blau. We can trade Stafford now. We got Blau. And it's just, come on, you know, just yeah. And same way with every fan base, but. Cowboys underachieved, but you're right. right. You missed the playoffs and neither got the third pick, or you missed the playoffs and you got whatever pick Dallas has. You know, I can't yeah, remember. Twenty. Like so so that is the difference. I mean, the draft pick capital as well as just like we didn't have our hearts ripped out this year and at the end. I mean, a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon, a lot of people forgot about all the talent that we do have, a lot of people undersold it. And like you said, I think the most obvious thing to say is that the defense was terrible. You know, I'm not coming on here defending the defense. There's nobody really out there. Oh, no, this defense played really well. Like, the defense was was pretty bad throughout the whole year. They showed a few flashes. They played solid a little bit at times. But after week four, they just weren't there. And that's okay to say. But, you know, the thing I don't like is the acting like, well, the defense was bad and we were firing on all cylinders or the defense was bad. And man, Matt Stafford was out there humming the ball, putting up 20, you know, 25 points a game. And we were just, you know, crumbling like that. That wasn't the case. So when you say that, was it a tough year? Like there's just so many things I point to that makes it uh, understandable or makes it palatable. Whereas like if, if we come in in 2020 and everybody's rolling and, and it's third year under the coach and we've got another big class and we, we come out and just play terrible football, then like I said, that's when you have nothing to sort of point to and people are like, Oh, those are excuses. I'm like, or are they like legit logical reasons on why we had a terrible year? I mean, anybody with a brain and common sense can look at our team and say, did they really expect to win four or five games with David Plow and Jeff Driscoll and five other offensive pieces missing? You know, did they really expect to just kill people on defense with some of the other missing pieces? Like I sure didn't after, I mean, like I said, probably going into Oakland, I still thought we had a shot. And then after that with the injury and with some of the things, it was like downhill from there. So I don't yeah. know, yeah, Tough, um, but I can stomach it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, disappointing years, I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, on this. You've, you've probably heard, you've probably read some stuff. Was it after the last game, Snacks Harrison was, uh, you know, you know, pretty much, you know, beside himself, kind of, you know, broken up. You know, it sounded like his, you know, 
what he's saying is that he's probably going to, you know, maybe end up retiring. He's given it uh, a lot of thought. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You think it's one of those things that just that it was a tough year for him? He might, you know, you know, come, you know, July, August, might be like, hey, I want to give this another runaround, you know, one more shot. Or, I mean, do you think he's, you know, might be one of those things, you know, I want to say a la uh, Andrew Luck, that his body is just, you know, given out and he's just, uh, you know, he's kind of taken enough. Two, um, two good questions from you, Grifka. I mean, I think I deserves a uh, Frank Ribble quad wow. Wow! <laughs> wow! 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 <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you strung too good together, but uh, I don't have to use my catchphrase. But, like, like, here's the thing about snacks. I was surprised to hear it. I mean, I was refreshed to see a guy that not only cared so much but also was honest with himself that he didn't have a good year he also wasn't just cadillacing it for the money and being like oh you know go get him next year or hey you know i'm just gonna ride it out when he's at 50 percent." i loved when he said like you know now he does he know his level but if he can't meet that level he's not gonna cheat the game that was my favorite line that he said i mean i always like when players get emotional because like we're all people, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like some people try to be too hard or too unemotional. And like, you know, when you, when you really care about something like the game of football or somebody, you know, you might lose in your life or a death or whatever, like, I think you should uh, get emotional about it. So I was glad to see that from him. I, you know, my overall take is that, I mean, I, I would like to have him back if healthy. I think it's one of those things. He just went through a rigorous season. He had a hamstring, shoulders, whatever he had that was aching. You know, it had to be tough to get through. But take some time away, you know, seize the Lions, put together some good acquisitions. You know, he's just a, he's the he's the anchor of that defense. So if he thinks he can give it a go and, and we already have him under contract, I would say, like, I'm open to him playing. I feel like he's got a big salary cap number, which I detailed in, in one of my shows. And, you know, they would obviously love to get another beast in the middle, but there's not many like Snacks Harrison walking around. So I feel like if he feels fine and wants to play and, and feels like this team is ready to rock and roll, like I'm more than willing to welcome him back as well as I'm also willing to respect if he's just that beat up. And if he feels like he can't give the lions as well as the game of football, what he used to be able to, that I'm totally fine with him stepping away. You know, the Lions still, I think somebody worked it out on uh, online and said, you know, it'd be a $5 million cap hit, but he also lowered his cap number this year. So it'd basically be a wash. I mean, so the money part's not really a big issue like most people would think. So I, I just hope the guy's good, man. He really poured it on the line after, after the game there, kind of surprised everybody. And, uh, you know, we were so fired up about this guy in our defense. So it's, it'll be a change, you know, if he's going to do it, I hope he, he makes a decision soon. So the Lions can plan with or without snacks moving forward and just hope the guy is, is happy in his family life as well as outside of football. Or if he's feeling ready to roll and thinks he can plug up the defense, but put that Jersey back on big fellow. Let's go. Let's, let's get another year and see what happens. Yeah. Maybe it was just a tough year for him and, you know, seeing where the team was and, and, you know, that all just kind of, you know, piles on, you know, and, you know, it does, you know, creep in, you know, your body's banged up, you went through a long season, you had a few uh, nicks and dings through the year, kept you out here and there. And, yeah, you start to wonder, do, do I really want to go through this again? And um, I guess, like, 
my biggest thing is, um, I know we can talk about this later, but I don't know if you saw the article even before the game it was mentioned. I was reading something that the Lions were maybe thinking about, you know, I don't know if this insider, maybe this speculation that they were even thinking about, you know, cutting him, you know, walking away from him, even, even with the extension they just gave him, because the cap hit isn't that big. So... I, I don't know. I, I don't want it to be one of those things where it's like, oh, you're going to retire? You're thinking about, okay, we'll just cut you because we're going to walk away anyways. And some other team, a la, you know, Patriots, hey, you want to come play for us? Yeah, I'm good to go. And then, you know, he's the, he's the old snack. So I would I would hate to see that, really. I, I, I would. <laughs> That's straight out the Griff conspiracy book, everybody. And I, he's been he's been going to that Lions 24-7 website again or getting those calls at midnight from his anonymous sources. I... I didn't hear any of that. I don't really think that was on the radar, except for Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia probably saw this guy limbering through practices and all beat up and probably had a few closed-door meetings with him. So, yeah, maybe they knew as well. But I, I don't think it was a matter of, oh, you know, snacks. It's just They just paid the guy, so they, they weren't happy with his performance. Either was he. Either were we. But it's just one of those things that happens. The guy's not, you know, early 20s. He's up in the 30s now. So we were hoping, remember me and you were talking like, hey, we get another year or two out of them. That'd be great. But it doesn't look like it's it's maybe going to happen. And even if it doesn't, like I feel like that's a position you can you can fill, you know, either with a draft pick or you can go to more of an attacking style. I don't know what they what they could do. You can kind of find a nose tackle anchor, just maybe not at the level of snacks like in his prime, which was that first little bit we got him. And then, you know, years before that. But yeah. He just wasn't himself, so see what happens. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Um, there's a few other guys that um, are unrestricted free agents. I want to touch base with you on this. Um, but let's take a break first and uh, do a pause for the cause here, okay? Yep, sounds like a plan. We'll do that, get our sponsors in. Uh, everybody, please check out Anchor Podcast as well as uh, hit that subscribe button on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're at. And, and we'd love people to jump on and give us a five-star review. Uh, I've also said you can leave us a question if you want in the if you leave us a five-star review and we'll try to take a look at those here shortly and if somebody leaves a question we'll always shout you out on the show or you can hit up at grifka dkc on twitter ask him all types of questions bother him all day long i know he loves that so everybody we'll be right back you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid drinking in for 2020. We are back. Uh, Grifka's got some more amazing questions to throw at me. So, Grifka, what do you got? Well, we're starting to look ahead. Wow. Uh, going to the new year. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, 
so the Lions um, have a number of uh, unrestricted free agents. Obviously, these are the guys. We all know what unrestricted means. It means they can sign wherever, you know, anywhere else, and the Lions can't, you know, match it, anything like that. Or Yeah, um, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Exactly. <laughs> so um, what I want to do is I want to, you know, I want to ask you, would you look to resign this guy or would you let him walk? Now, once again, this is under the guise that we're getting them, you know, obviously at market value. We're not going to look to overpay. They're not going to give us hometown discount. This is just either, you know, yeah, I'd like to have them back on the team or no, I, you know, let this guy walk. So uh, how's that sounding? Um, you know, just give me a, you know, your quick, uh, quick thought on, uh, on all these guys. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Cool. Okay. Uh, first one I want to ask you, I, I think is you played a key role for the team, and that's a uh, Graham Glasgow. Oh man, right off the top, man, I'm torn on this guy. Uh, you know, you asked me about him. This is kind of what I think right off the bat. Serenity now. I, I I just I'm torn, man, because I like the guy. He went to Michigan. He's been a third round pick that's come through. I've battled it out on Twitter with a few people where there's some people that are just like, gotta sign, gotta bring him back. Like they give me these reasons and I'll kind of listen to them and I'll say like, I mean, if I got my choice of paying Glasgow eight to 10 million bucks on a three, four year plus deal or taking that money and giving it to Kenny or saving it for a bigger acquisition. I mean, I think I can plug the right guard spot in other ways. I feel like, Glasgow has been good to solid, but uh, in the words of Grifka, I mean, I wouldn't say he's been, uh, he's not been that great. <laughs> he's been okay. He's been good. Like I don't have issues with him, but I don't see him blowing people off the ball. I like his position versatility that he can play all three interior spots, but there's other guys that can do that as well. So my, my take on him has sort of been like, unless you could get him at a really reasonable price. I mean, right before we recorded, um, recently, I saw Richie Incognito, who's like 37 years old, got a two-year, $14 million deal. So you're paying seven to eight million dollars with, you know, over half that guaranteed to Richie Incognito. I mean, imagine what you have to give him, Graham Glasgow. So I'm probably gonna let him go, as well as it seems like him and the organization haven't really been having the best of talks or on the best of pages. So it might just be better to get another guy in here. Yeah, um, just quickly, I would have to agree with him on that. I think he's going to get more than what the Lions are more than willing to pay for him. So, uh, yeah, I would uh, I would be okay with letting him walk as well. Um, next guy on the list, uh, let's go with uh, Tavon Wilson. Oh, man, this is the crazy part. So, like, Tavon is a guy that, you know, I wrote the last couple of years, oh, he's a good vet, like he's training up Tracy and always helping out so-and-so. Like, as much as I love Tracy and Will Harris, like I got to say Tavon Wilson's been my favorite, you know, guy on the back end all year. I mean, he, as I said before, he smacks you in the mouth. He's always where he needs to be. He's a great leader. He's always over there with Matt Pat talking it up, figuring out how we're going to, you know, scheme it up, do whatever on defense. So like, I feel like he's earned himself another couple years. I know this year he took a little, pay cut to come back i feel like now it's time to give him that money back and plus some and say hey you got two more years in you tavon so i'm bringing him back man i, I love the guy yeah um 
I feel like Tavon Wilson is kind of like when Glover Quinn got here, you know, kind of like was the you know general of that defensive backfield, took a lot of the young guys under his wings, and, you know, we really impressed with uh, what we saw. So I would like him back, and um, I'm just hoping he doesn't do what happened to Glover Quinn, you know, his last year or two here where he seemed to have lost a few steps, and he wasn't as effective early on. But um, I would, like you said, one or two more years, I would love to see him back. Uh, these next two guys I'm going to put together, you know, I want to hear what you think on both of them. And that would be um, Mike Daniels and uh, Ashawn Robinson. Yeah, I think it's good to combo those guys. I mean, for me, uh, Grifka, I mean, how many times you got to go over it on the show? Say it with a little respect, please. It's Ashawn! <laughs> um, and, and Big Mike, as I call him, Big Mike Daniels. Uh, it's It's tough. I mean... Both guys, I I always felt like they were like the, you know, the bad boy Pistons on our team. They were just, nobody wants to deal with them. They hate the media, which I can respect, especially for your favorite writer. You know, his first name starts with D, last name with B, which I think is kind of appropriate. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel like these guys are great locker room guys. They're great tone setters, but, you know, depending on if we take a Derek Brown or something, like I feel one or both is it's almost like time to move on. I don't see them really getting a great deal done with either guy. And, you know, like say all these hard decisions, you sort of have to move on from certain people because you need to take care of other guys that are more on board and more fit what you're doing. And again, I, I don't mind penetrating defensive tackles, but I'm not willing to break the bank for them. So unless Mike Daniels is coming back ultra cheap, you know, I would take him or consider him. He does look super fat in a jersey. Where was uh, – I just saw a sound bite, Grifka, for Mike Daniels right here. I, I love you, Mike. Don't don't hurt me. Or says he's fat. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's what I thought every time I saw him in a jersey. Or says he's fat. <laughs> uh, I, did not I, look... the same, I saw the same thing whenever I saw C.J. Anderson with the ball. Or says he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean – I was expecting the guy to be an absolute beast and he had all those injuries and like he just, just his body was not, you know, where I was thinking it would be. So I I don't know, man, it's risky business, but I'm probably moving on from both and then just replenishing the position either in free agency or with a top stud like a Derek Brown who I've come around on Grifka. I don't know. I know you've haven't been sitting in your rocking chair getting to watch him yet uh, probably too much, but I pulled up some, uh, some tape and uh, Derek Brown is a freaking, <laughs> he's a wrecking ball, man. He gets after it. I loved what I saw, you know, you two pilot, of course. Yeah, we can, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Derek Brown later, but yes, yeah, so you can, he is, a, he is one of those guys that can dominate when he wants to. So, all, all I thought when I watched the tape was Griffco put this on or, or see two seconds ago. Oh, nope. Reminds me of Nick Fairley. Just because of the team, the way he looks in a jersey, you'll write him off right away. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I actually saw Auburn play uh, a few games this year. And like I said, he uh, we can talk about it later, but uh, he can uh, that man can dominate when he wants to. I don't know if he's endemic and Sue-esque when Sue was at Nebraska, but um, he doesn't nearly take off enough time eating chicken wings like uh, your boy Nick Fairley did. Um, Grifka's Griff watched him, everybody. Mark him down. Highlight him in your draft book. And when I'm shaking his hand at next training camp and he becomes like us, you know, becomes a stud, then everybody will know. It was me. Um, is, that, uh, is that before or after I go, hey, Taylor Decker, come here for a second. <laughs> and he'll be like, what? And I'll give him the drop stanky leg and he'll be like, you know, just, he'll 
he'll push like right by me. So, okay. or, or the Undertaker musical hit, and he'll just put you right over the guardrail, choke slam. Okay. Uh, <laughs> ne- next guy, um, Danny Amendola. Oh man, D- Danny boy to me, just like Tavon, his grit, his mentality, his um, just buy-in. Gosh, the guy's bought at least another year or two for me. I know he's older. I feel like he's had – I was surprised to hear he's had his best statistical year. I thought he had some really good years when he was with uh, the Rams as well as New England. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Danny Boy, I'm definitely bringing back for another year. I don't care if I got to bump his pay up a little bit. If they can fit it in the budget, he's coming back for sure. I liked what he brings and kind of eases off the ability to spend a big – big resource on an early receiver and still get a guy later and and maybe beef up that position but yeah i'd probably bring him back even though i don't like bringing back older type guys Tavon and danny are coming back for me man yeah he uh he's a guy i would like to see him back as well once again i don't want to overpay him but once again we prefaced it if um you know so you value, agree i agree with you on that <laughs> i like what he did this year for the team uh next guy I uh, wanted to bring this guy up simply because how much you like him and how you always talk so highly of him. And that would be your man and my man, Sam Martin. <laughs> oh, man. Sam Martin. I, I just found a soundbite for him, too. Hey, Sam Martin. For me to poop on. <laughs> Sam Martin. Boom. Out of here. Like, I, I, I don't know who we're going to have at punter, and I know he has some good stats for inside the 20, but... I've I've been done with him for a while. I mean, unless it's going to upset Matt Stafford, uh, yeah, he he he's out of here for me. Really? Gosh. Okay, I'm going to bring him back. Well, it sucks. Well, I'm going to bring him back simply because he's with Nastia Lufkin, the uh, gold medals gym gold medal gymnast for the U.S. If nobody, if you don't know, go look at her. Yeah, she's the <laughs> only reason I would bring him back. So Google it. Value, Go- he's the re- <laughs> she's the reason I'm bringing Sam Martin back. Hey, Sam Martin, one more for you before you move on. You overgrown 500-pound bag of monkey crap. Oh, I hate Sam Martin. (laughs) That's pretty bad right there. Okay, um, how about about this guy? How about Rashawn Melvin? He's got a lot of playing time with the Lions this year. Uh, Melvy played great in the beginning, um, stumbled, didn't really like what I saw. So, um, his play towards the end of the year, it's garbage. uh, not a fan, um, uh, Melvy boom out of here, gone. See you later. I'm right there with you. I agree with you. Hit the bell. Tell me how my ass um, how about this guy? Death, taxes, and Don Muehlbach. Don, Don Muehlbach, he just does this sound effect every time, every year. Just mark it down. I'm back, baby! <laughs> I'm back, baby! Hey, Don Muehlbach, I know your contract's up, but... I'm back, baby! <laughs> just sign him up. Oh, my goodness. It's it's never going to end with this guy. He's yeah, snapping yeah. With, a, with, a, with a walker out there. Exactly. It's just one of those things I should just want. Hey, you want to come back? What you looking for? Here you go. Yeah, there you go. Come I'm back, back baby! <laughs> you, you know what? Like, I, w- I want to see the contract. I bet you from, like, the year 2003 till now, like, every year he gets a substantial bump up. Like, it would just be fun to watch. Like, in 2003, he was making, you know, 700K, and then it was a mill, and then it was, like, <laughs> I'm sure he's just holding them over a barrel now. <laughs> 
You think he, so? You're saying he's getting more than the uh, standard three percent cost of living adjustment? You know, like normal people get at their jobs. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, he's like he just looks at him and goes like, "I'm freaking Don Mulebach, baby. Like, <laughs> who else are you gonna snap the football? Oh, your boy Jimmy Landis? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. I'm back, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all know where Jimmy right Landis is working. He just handed me my five dollar bag from Wendy's through the drive-through window. It's like here you go. Like uh, thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next guy, um, just a few more here. Uh, uh, Miles Killebrew. Oh man, I don't know Killebrew. Like I, I pumped him up a little bit for that. He's been a draft pick that's at least hung around and been decent on special teams. But I feel like his time's probably running about up. Like he's still young, athletic, and stuff. But I mean, if he's willing to play for the Lions for cheap, sure. But if not, like you probably find another guy that can run down on kicks at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, you know, even like, was it he played a lot yesterday, but he seemed like he, you know, he was kind of lost on the field, not lost. I mean, I didn't really see him make any plays. So, you know, Miles, I really liked him when we drafted you, but if you walked away, I wouldn't be sorry. Um, You wouldn't be sad? Yeah, I wouldn't be sad at all. Uh, Logan Thomas. (laughs) Griff, I know how you love the tight end position. I know this is going to bring a tear to your eye, but uh, we have TJ Hawkinson. We have Logan Thomas. We have a man named Jesse James. So one's got to go. And it's not Logan Thomas. Jesse James, get the hell out of here, you freaking piece of garbage. You... He's the outlaw, man. He's the outlaw. <laughs> Jesse James, I mean, gosh, this guy for making $6 million. You overgrown 500-pound bag of monkey crap. Oh, what a piece of crap. Get out of here. Logan Thomas is coming back. I like this guy. Oh, but he's a, uh, so the lines are going to resign him and just cut Jesse James. Mm, I would. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they want to just, you know, get that salary. I guess I'd have to check and see what Jesse James salary cap hit. Well, cause you've got that four year deal. So, uh, it might be one of those things like, um, we're already paying him. So we might as well keep him on the roster. <laughs> It doesn't matter when you're a Rudy Boo. He catches, what, five balls a year? It's like a million dollars a ball? Get the hell yeah, out of here. Yeah, something like that. Okay, uh, last one. Soon because um, I think, what is it? Uh, I can't remember that. Uh, I can't remember if he's actually unrestricted or restricted. And that's uh, J.D. McKissick. Oh, man, McKissick. I mean, played big this year. Man's game, bitch. <laughs> McKissick was was like for what we got him for. I mean, uh, gosh, I was I was about as happy as my favorite announcer when I when he'd make plays. Oh, ho, ho. Woo! <laughs> Griff, because you can tell I'm having fun with the soundboard. JD McKissick oh. is coming back. We'll, we'll we'll sign him up. I I don't mind the guy. He can be my fifth running back. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I would like I would like to see him back on the roster as well, so I would sign him back up. Okay, so uh, I, there's a few more that, you know, unrestricted free, age, free agents for the Lions, but they're, you know, who cares about, like, Caleb Benock and, you know, I don't know, well, exactly, you know, Jamie Metter. You know, nobody cares about those guys. I mean, you, know, you know, they're not going to be back, so big deal. So, um, like I said, I know we'll talk about more about these guys, you know, you know, coming up, you know, as we read maybe where the market's set at with guys are signing, you know, what they're looking at in the draft. And we can kind of rehash this a little bit later and 
heck, maybe, maybe they'll sign some even before the draft, or you know, let them you know let them know that they're not coming back, and we can discuss it at that point. But uh, is there anybody else on this Lions team or that that you want to talk about? Because um, there's actually one other thing I just want to touch base with you on. Doesn't really have to do with the Lions. I just want to get your thoughts on it. Griffka, I only have one word for that segment. What's that? Wow. Mind blowing, isn't it? You're not gonna be able to sleep Amazing. tonight. You're not gonna be able to sleep what tonight else? as you're thinking about all the unrestricted free agents. Um, what what else you got? Uh, last thing I just want to touch base on, just to kind of end the show. Um, obviously, earlier this week it was Black Monday. Uh, what did you think about the coaching carousel? Oh man, real quick on that. I mean, the whole day was going by, and I was just happy that we didn't have to deal with it. I mean, I know everybody is. This is probably for another show too, Grifka, but I pulled up the, we'll talk about the Matt Pat pressers. I can, I will never understand. And this is why I always yell at you half the time on the show. People call themselves Lions fans, jump on these like pressers that have to do with our team. And all they do is just like, all they do is just rag on it the whole time. Like I couldn't believe it. So like, I was just thinking like they brought them back. So I didn't have to deal with the carousel. But here I got all these quote-unquote Lions fans that just jump on a Lions pod or a Lions press conference and just for 10 minutes just rag on the coach, rag on the organization. It's like, okay. So I'm glad I didn't have to, you know, I'm glad we're not starting over. I'm glad we didn't have to deal with it. I threw my stuff out on Twitter. Like I, my predictions are, I think Urban Meyer's going to the Cowboys. I think you can almost put that in stone, even though like they're, they're tinkling around. It's going to happen. You've got uh, – You've got Rivera going to the skins, it looks like, even though that's taken longer than expected. It might be done by the time people are hearing this. And the the big question for me is Josh McDaniels. Like everybody has that oh, how dare why would you hire him after he left the Colts? Because he's a really good, aggressive offensive coach. And that's what the league is somewhat built on these days, uh, you know, for the most part. So, you know, everybody you know, he makes mistakes when everyone rags on him in Denver. When I remember him in Denver, he was taking crazy draft picks that worked out for the most part and winning ball games early on in his career in Denver. So I, I think he'll definitely find a job. I thought he was like the heir apparent in New England. I thought they had a, a handshake where he was just going to be the guy once it was all said and done. But, uh, you know, getting back to the Lions, I just feel like it's good that we didn't have to deal with it, get our heads around 2020 and – Bob Quinn, Matt Pat, these guys know they got to produce. They know they got to put a great product on the field. Everybody that's anybody is looking at the record going, this team's going to be terrible in 2020. I mean, I just have the total opposite approach where I think they can totally surprise people. Everyone's going to be sleeping on them. And barring injury, I think that's going to be a great year in 2020 and beyond. I really do. Yeah, it's the, you know, I'm, want to agree with you i'm just glad we're not having to go through it this year as well so um that's all i got so uh anything else you want to touch base on drink it in uh... no i'm just having too much fun with the soundboard so i, I think there's only one more question for you grifka you ready yeah do you have anything else for the people uh nope I gave you a bell before and after everybody. Another fun show here on a Friday, trying to make you laugh, trying to have fun with the soundboard and trying to talk Detroit Lions. The season's over. We're going to be talking draft. I'm going to be schooling Grifka. We're going to be talking free agency where I'll probably be schooling Grifka. We're going to be talking about all things rebuilding this football team and my goal in the off season 
is to get the negative Grifka to go away. I think I've chipped away at him a little bit because he's been on board, even though the season's been rough. 2020 and beyond, Grifka's going to be drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. He's going to be having that cornbread. You know how he does. Cornbread! And we're going to be winning ball games again. So hang with us this offseason. We're going to have a bunch of fun right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.